Hi, welcome to Page Starter. I'm Lisa Ferland, and today I'm joined by Katie Lockwood. Katie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Yes. And I, you know, we want to talk about your children's books today. You are a children's book author, but you are also a teacher and a therapist. Can you walk me through a little bit on your background and how you came to writing children's books? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you said, my name is Katie Lockwood and I live on Cape Cod, Massachusetts in the U.S. And, you know, I have been a special education teacher, a school counselor, and I now do um, therapy part-time um, as well as being a mama to my two little ones, Rose and Magnolia. Um, I never, you know, I had some ideas about writing a book, but it wasn't about what I actually ended up doing. Um, that was really just came out of life experience and just necessity. Um, my daughter Rose was born at the beginning of the pandemic and um, we didn't know anything was going on, but when she was born, she wasn't able to eat. And so it became, it was no longer, you know, breast or bottle. It was NG feeding tube in the NICU for about a month um, when, because of the pandemic, no one was able to meet her other than my husband and I, and we were only able to enter the hospital once a day. So we sat in this park, the public garden in Boston every day after spending about 12 hours sitting in a tiny little room, having doctors examine our new baby. Um, and people would bring us pizza and Chinese food and beer and, and drop it, drop it near us 12 feet away. Oh um, and so every day for about a month, we sat in this park and we didn't know what was going on. She was diagnosed with some hypotonia, which is low tone, and this inability to suck, you know, was really struggling. So we had a $95,000 um, MRI at Boston Children's Hospital. Um, I laughed when I got that bill. Um, oh gosh. And they discovered that she was missing her sixth cranial nerve, which the job of the sixth nerve is to abduct your eyes. And they saw that her seventh cranial nerve, it was impacted as well. And that nerve has a much bigger job. It's what gives us all of our facial innervation. Mm -hmm. So our ability to smile, frown, suck, you know, any yeah. ability, you know, moving around our, our face um, happens from that seventh facial nerve. And they saw that on one side, they said it was missing and the other side that it was shorter than typical. Um, but that kind of explained why she was really struggling. So she has a really rare diagnosis called Mobius syndrome, which I had never heard of. And um, so when we got home as a, as a special education teacher and as a counselor, um, being told that my daughter may not move her face, I was really um, concerned, especially just the social emotional aspects um, and implications from that. So I was looking for resources and books and did not find anything. There is a, a lack of disability representation in um, children's picture books. And I think unfortunately, when we do see representation, it isn't always done appropriately. Mm -hmm. And it was really important to me to have um, a resource that I could provide to my daughter. Um, I grew up with my own disability. I have cystic fibrosis, which is a lung and digestive disease um, that is genetic. My daughter's diagnosis, it doesn't seem like it is. Um, and so I had some background experience in the medical world, which definitely gave us a leg up with dealing with the 
myriad of, of doctors and professionals in that first year. Um, so after kind of we got our, our head above water after about a year and we got rid of the feeding tube and kind of had a team set up that we felt comfortable with, um, I decided to create Why Me Mama, which was my, my first book. And so I did a Kickstarter that was um, really successful. I raised about $23,000 and I was able to bring Wami Mama to life. Um, and it's set in this woodland world, which is loosely based on the public garden in Boston because city animals are um, very interesting and very different than Cape Cod animals. <laughs> Squirrels would like come up to us and try to steal our pizza. So and that does not happen. <laughs> I don't know. Do you even, do you have squirrels where you are? Yes. Yeah, we have squirrels, but yeah, they are not, they do not approach humans at all. Yeah. They, they live their own squirrel life in the trees. <laughs> yes. Um. So in this world, I have 23 different animals and they're all real children with disabilities. So they have their name and one of their differences and they live together and Rose, my baby in the story is feeling different from her friends and is worried that they won't want to come to her birthday party. So mama and baby owl fly around the park and deliver birthday invitations where Rose realizes that everybody's different. Sometimes you see it and sometimes you don't. Um, I was planning on only having it be one book, like one project. I never thought of it kind of beyond that initially. Yeah. And, and that's normally how it goes. Like you have a, a great idea and you bring it and, you know, you know, writing and finding the right illustrator and going through the whole publishing process. It's such a learning curve. And you you finally get done with the project and then feel like, oh, when's your next book coming out? And you're like, I just finished this one. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> um, no. And I mean, just, you know, back to your your story. I mean, I know it feels like we've been in this pandemic for three years, but right at the beginning of the pandemic and having your first child is such a, a anxiety ridden experience to begin with. And then you're doing it in the environment of the pandemic. And then you're having all of these really unexpected nerve discoveries that there's no, there's no scan that could have told you this. There, there's nothing that would have indicated um, that she was going to have these, uh, difficulties, you know, until after birth, until you start to see that she, she can't move her face and her facial muscles. And then they, they diagnosed her with Mobius, but wow. I mean, so how did you find all of the other children? Cause you said the other children also have rare diseases. Do they all have Mobius syndrome or do they, do they have all different types of, of conditions? So about 80% of the characters are, have Mobius okay. and, uh, but some of people did find me through the Kickstarter and kind of joined in that their children have different different conditions that also have similar presentations, at least in one aspect to what Mobius can. I think one of the most overwhelming pieces about Mobius is that it is so varied, both in severity and in what someone presents with. About 50% of people have limb differences that have Mobius and um, hypotonia is really common. There's the obviously the facial piece is kind of the most prominent piece of it, but there's like so many other things that can be presented, about 20, 23 things. <laughs> so um, part of my role as Rose's mom is not only to explain to Rose what she has, but also how even within a group, she's going to be different. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and I knew that based on my experience with my own disability and being, you know, having a much more milder experience than many of my peers that also had CF. And so I wanted Rose to be able to understand that, like, if we see someone else with Mobius, they may look very differently than you. And we'll just kind of have a, a greater understanding of, mm -hmm. of kind of the nuance in, within the group identity as well. So that's kind of why I decided to do 23 characters, which I know is, you know, atypical in children's picture books, but this had a very specific audience and a specific goal. And um, it, it doesn't fit traditional publishing standards. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's the perfect book for Kickstarter because it is the type of thing that, you know, not only does, does this group of families are looking for a presentation, but also, you know, as, as a family with children who don't have any disabilities, it's, I want to expose my children to as many different appearances and religions and languages as possible so that when they encounter that other people in the real world who sound different or look different or behave differently from them, that it's not the first time, you know, that they've, they've kind of had a little bit of literary experience or exposure through kids lit to prepare them. And so we can have these conversations before they go out into the real world. So I, I do think that there is um, a huge service to, you know, to all families. Um, it costs us nothing to be more inclusive and it makes such a huge difference to the child who is, you know, receiving that interaction, who may be differently abled, may have other uh, considerations to, to, to in the classroom. So I think that is, it is important. And obviously other people saw the value in that as well with, you know, $23,000 is, is an amazing success. So it, tell me how, you know, this led to the books that you are launching now. So how did these three books come, come to be? Yeah, so my current project is called um, Ouch, Oops, and Oh No. And it's all about reducing bullying in early elementary, so pre-K to around third grade classrooms. Um, so when I, I worked in the schools for about a decade, both first as a teacher and then as a school counselor, and especially when I was working, um, I, I worked with older students, so high school, middle school, but middle school is rough. <laughs> and seeing, you know, all of the, the drama and the bullying that happens at that level was very overwhelming as a, as a new mom. <laughs> and I know my, my child, you know, at the time was about a year old when kind of when I left um, the school systems, but um it was a lot to take in and a lot to think about the future of kind of what that may look like. And also looking back to, to my childhood and how I was treated by peers. And, and I have an invisible disability, mm -hmm. you know, so that no one's going to look at me on the street and say, oh, you, you look different. Right. But I was still bullied because of my difference. And I remember a little kid coming up to me um, a bit of a know-it-all saying, you know, I Googled what you have and do you know you're going to die? And I was, I think, I, I don't know, I think we might have been in like fifth grade. And I was like, yeah, I think you're going to die too. Right? Like, I'm <laughs> pretty sure we're all going to die at some point. <laughs> the life experience, but thank you so much. That's so kind. <laughs> That's very <laughs> mature of you. I don't know if I said it completely that articulately, but um, like in my memory, that's how I said it. I delivered it <laughs> so smooth. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so when, you know, when Rose was born and I got this diagnosis, 
you know, we were sitting in the hospital middle of a pandemic where I was already afraid I was going to die. And then, and I was like, oh my gosh, like she's going to go to school someday and people are mean and people are going to be really mean. Like if she can't smile, like what is her experience going to be like in school? And how is she going to be able to really, you know, convey her emotions in a way that like she can connect with others. And I was, I was terrified. You know, we, we left the hospital not knowing if we were going to need to buy a new home that was going to, that would be accessible. Like we had no idea what this diagnosis meant for her future, for our future. And, you know, she's a three week old baby and I'm looking ahead to middle school. So scared of what was going to come down the path. And so, you know, after we started swimming <laughs> in our you know, in our world um, and I had Why Me Mama and looking at kind of the opportunity that having so many characters in this world allows, um, I said, well, the next topic I need to tackle is bullying. Mm-hmm. That from when I go into the Facebook groups in the Mobius community and the disability community, bullying, just being unkindness is such a big issue. And, you know, we know bullying is an issue for all children, but children with disabilities are two to three times more likely to be bullied, um, which is just so disheartening. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's, you know, I know a lot of schools nowadays, I mean, my children's school does, and they're in the middle school age group they're in grades four to six so they're right in the thick of it where like the the playground it's just nothing but you know a lot of smack talk um and putting each other down because that's because they're bored um and yeah the school says they have a zero tolerance bullying policy but we all know that there are are other that there are things that happen outside of school that school cannot take you know, and cannot intervene with because it takes place, you know, online or it takes place um, off school grounds or, you know, it happens at a birthday party or something like that. But it's, it's all within this, you know, this age group. And so your books targeting the the earlier ages are really to like, really stop it or at least help put a dent in it, you know, like help, help knock it down a few pegs by increasing the social emotional intelligence of kids at a much earlier age and introducing them to bullying scenarios from pre-k you know starting starting right away which i think which i think is brilliant so tell me more about ouch oops and oh no and how it's different than like the other because there are a lot of books about bullying so how is this story done differently yeah so i think something that's really unique about this project is that it shows the three perspectives of a bullying situation. So, you know, I think we frequently, when we see resources, we may interact with the little one that's getting picked on and bullied, um, but we don't ever really see the bully's perspective. And what we know about bullies is that bullies have their own stuff that they're processing and dealing with. They're not bullying for no reason, not, not validating that this should be happening, but there's a reason why. And so, what's going on in their own world that's contributing to their behavior in the classroom or in there with their peers. So in Oops, we see Billy the Goose who is new to school and is lonely. 
And, you know, this being early elementary, he really wants to be Harrison the chipmunk's friend. Harrison's the one that he is bullying, but he doesn't have the skills. He doesn't know how to be a good friend. And so he doesn't quite realize that throwing acorns at Harrison's head is not the way to make a friend. So in his story, we're able to leverage, you know, connecting with his counselor at school and the teacher to really help him understand like how his behavior is not okay, how can he apologize, and how can he build some new strategies to be a friend and to have someone want to spend time with you. Um, in Ouch, which is Harrison's story, he is getting picked on because he has a facial difference. And he is going to learn how to self-advocate for himself. How does he stand up for himself in a safe but also you know appropriate way and um in one instance he throws an acorn back at billy and he's the one that gets in trouble the teacher notices that he threw the acorn he's so mad typical typical that is what happens right (laughs) um, teachers can only catch so much (laughs) so so he's gonna learn you know that he he can have boundaries and he can keep himself safe and so just he's going to build some skill sets. And then in Oh No, Rose, um, who's my baby, the owl, and I am the author, so she gets to be in all of my books. <laughs> um, she is the bystander. And bystanders are present in about 90% of bullying situations. And they have a lot of power. Sometimes bystanders can be active and they're like helping like the bullies aid. But most of the time they're not, they're passive and they're just there and they don't agree with what's happening, but they don't know what to do. Sometimes they are afraid of, you know, if they say something or do something, they may get hurt or they, they, you know, the bullying may get turned on them. Or sometimes it's just like, oof, like what's happening? I don't know what to do. So I think that book is really powerful because those are the people that if we can get them to do something either tell a teacher or to say, hey, knock it off. Like what we know is that when a bystander does something and becomes, you know, the lingo right now is upstander, but when they do do something, it stops bullying like 65% of the time within 10 seconds. So that is huge. Mm -hmm. If we can get the bystanders to stand up, like in a safe way, that's appropriate. Like we can make such a difference. And those are the people that we can access. We're not going to be able to access every kid that's being a bully. Right. They have more going on. Although I think being able to provide these resources in a school environment, you know, because the bullies may not get these books at home. They may, but they may not. But if we can get them into the classrooms and be able to use them as a set, you know, and as individual pieces of resources, like I think that's kind of where we can really make an impact. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, the the bystander effect is a real, a real thing uh, that's been studied, you know, in adults as well. And so it it is always surprising to me. As soon as I see someone taking action, I it gives me permission to take action as well. Mm-hmm. Like I also go in, and so there is strength in numbers. So it all you need is that like tipping point of like one person to enter the circle and be like, Hey guys, like stop, stop, stop. And then more people will come in and it'll, it'll put a stop to it. So I, I, I have high hopes that the, the, Oh no book gets picked up and read by, you know, as many people as possible. Cause that, that one does seem like the most important 
And I mean, all three are extremely powerful, but that one at the very least, um, because that that has the, the, the biggest impact, I think. And also, uh, yes, understanding the bully's perspective. It always feels like, you know, getting a peek into the villain's mindset. Um, but villains never think that they're the villain. And, and a lot of times they are um, also hurting. I mean, they're, they're acting out and they're emotionally, maybe things aren't going well at home. And there, there's, there's a lot that can lead to their behavior at school um, or in social situations. So it is important to see their side. And then, and then maybe that understanding leads to more people no longer being bystanders because they have more of an understanding as to why that person is behaving that way. And they feel like they can intervene because they have a better understanding as opposed to, a bully just being a big scary uh, I don't want to mess with him you know he's uh, super scary I say him but it could it could very well be a, a female as well um and and so it is it is important so I think these three books are are really unique and I I am excited to read them and um see what they are so tell us Katie where we can find these books and um what people can can do yeah, um, so they're on Kickstarter right now. The Kickstarter is live. We're currently at 40% funded and um, it ends on September 21st. So I'd love for people to check out my video and you know, just kind of see if it's something that resonates with them. Um, I'm just excited to get it out into the world and hope <laughs> I'm just really excited to get it out into the world and hope that it can make an impact, a positive impact. Yes, yes. And if you watch the video, you get to see Katie's beautiful children. Um, and, you know, definitely check out the campaign because there's a, a, a real way to make a positive impact on schools. You can donate books to schools or you can get them for your children. Um, so you can do this at home yourself, which I think is so important. Plus, the illustrations are so darling and cute and uh, just three adorable books in addition to Wyoming Mama. Is there anything else you want to add, Katie, before we wrap up? I think when you were talking about just kind of like that, the bully's perspective, I just wanted to add that it can also, seeing the bully's perspective can also help the little ones that are getting picked on, that are getting bullied. Because I think it, it's, we take things so personally, this person's picking on me, there must be something wrong with me. And I think we automatically, you know, even like in colleague related, like anything, right? Someone's saying something like, oh, I must have done something wrong. This is my fault. And I think seeing the perspective of the bully brings it back to, oh, wait a second. It's not about me. It's about them. Yeah. And, and that can, I think, help the little one's self-image for when they are, you know, not that it's okay, not that we want this, you know, we want this to stop, but it's not, it's not me. I didn't do anything wrong to cause this. This is their issue. They're taking it out on me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even the adults reading the books with the children, it's a good reminder that when any, anytime someone picks something or has a snide comment or is a little rude to be like, oh, they must be having a bad day because it's definitely their problem, not mine. And so that is a, that is a, a constant practice that we have to put into place. And if, you know, I don't know about you, but my, my children are so much more socially, emotionally intelligent than I was at their age. And I think because we have books like yours in libraries and in classrooms, teaching them how to recognize their feelings, teaching them how the you know proper ways to react to their feelings um, and ways to handle situations like this. So I think that our kids are definitely off to a much better start than I was. 
um, a lot has changed in, in 30 years, which is, which is really good news, really good news. Uh, so great. Yes. Okay. So I will uh, provide the link to the Kickstarter below, but it's also called ouch, oops, oh no. So you guys can Google that search kickstarter.com if you're interested, but of course, visit the link. You only have uh, a few more days to get it. So be sure to head there and check it out and support Katie's project because it's a wonderful project and will make a huge difference in kids' lives. Um, and it's what we need. We we need more books like this uh, just out there in the world doing the the transformative work of helping our kids be be better kids towards each other because we always need books like that. Thank you so much, Lisa, for having me Thanks, and Katie. for supporting my project. Yes, of course. Thanks. Glad, glad you could join us.